We aim high, we aim to rise, and every vision that's real is analyzed. What's going on, world family? Welcome to another episode of Journey of the Mindset. Today, I have a very, very, very powerful guest. The first time that I spoke with this gentleman, he told me his story, and it was something that actually motivated me to start losing weight, motivated me to start living my dreams. It was a very, very powerful story, and I really think that it'll bring some great perspective. He will bring some great information to this podcast. So, without further ado, I want to introduce you to Gilbert. What's going on? Hey, what's good? What's good, DJ? Um, I'm, you know, more than, uh, uh, I'm excited to be here. You know, thank you. I know we met a couple of uh, months ago and with everything that happened, uh, you know, we weren't able to get to, to this, but now we're back. We're back at it. We know yes. I have a lot to share. Um, and uh, yeah, let's, let's do this. All right. So <laughs> let, let, let me, let me just, first of all, I just want to let y'all know we're in his apartment. It's a beautiful, beautiful apartment. I want to thank you yeah, for definitely. allowing me to come here so that way we can do this. Um, the first time we met, you told me your story, your, your, your journey pretty much to where you are. We spoke a little bit about relationships. We spoke about your weight loss journey. I, you inspired me so much. And I'm being so serious when I tell you that because I'm sitting there and I'm listening to your story. And then you show me a picture of how big you used to be. Yeah. And... For me to be able to see you go from A to B is something that inspired me. I was going through a lot of health issues at the moment of time that me I remember you, that. Um, yeah, that we met. I was going through a few health issues, and I really needed to change a lot of things in my life. Not just my mindset, but my health, the things that I was eating, the things that I was putting in my body. Um, I was able to reach the gold mm-hmm. over the summertime where I was able to drop a lot of weight, and my doctor actually took me off of my high blood pressure medication which was a very very great goal can we clap to that can we clap, can we clap uh, to that? listen I, that's, that's that's something to clap to it, it, it was hard work and i want everybody to know how hard work it was. <laughs> we have to oh. get that that's 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 amazing that's i have a problem though uh-huh what's, what's the problem talk to me what's going on one i'm not maintaining it. uh-huh and i'm not maintaining it more so because of my mental so the question that i have for you is this walk us through your journey on one, how much you weighed, two, what made you want to change, three, how was that transformational period? Because I know with me, when I'm going through my transformational um, um, period where I'm trying to eat healthy, I'm trying to get fit, I'm trying to work out, a lot of my mental messes with me. And that's waking up in the morning during the time that I'm supposed to work out. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of fighting with myself. Oh, let me get out of bed. Let me go out there. Let me work out. Um, and it's very, very hard because you don't hear that voice like, go out there, you're going to look great. You only hear that voice like, yo, spend so much time, some more, some more time in bed. Yo, I found like that was one of the biggest challenges when I was uh, initially started my journey um, was that I was just not motivated, man. You know, like when you like kind of uh, hit that point where you feel like there's like no return, you know, um, when I was my, at my biggest, I was probably like 250 pounds. Um, and I'm like, I'm not that tall of a guy. I'm like 5'8", you know, 250 pounds. I was holding a lot of weight. I was like, take one step up the stairs and I'm like wheezing. I can't. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to catch my breath. That was me. That was <laughs> I'm like, me. damn. I'm like, yo. And I, I think at this time I was probably like uh, in, in my, in my mid twenties. So I got, that just really scared me, you know? And I went to the doctor and, and, and I was very close to being pre-diabetic. Wow. Uh, and, and I was just like, for somebody who is aspiring to aspire others in the medical field, like, like what kind of example am I? Yeah. You know, and, and I think that was the big part to my journey. Um, and, and I think what really motivated me was just kind of evaluating my whole life, you know, at that time. Uh, and, and I think something that I, I can tell everybody that helped me during that time was just honestly taking it one day at a time. You know, um, one day at a time, like picking up something healthier to eat, you know, one day at a time, like setting a goal, daily goals. You know, I mean, my daily goal was to get up in the morning and, you know, do 10 push-ups, do 15 push-ups. And like every day you just keep adding. But not only that, I found that that was the task that were being done. But now what can I do to bring my mental and connect it with my physical? Mm-hmm. Right, because that—that's what we're here that for. What, a, what's yeah, the name of this podcast? Journey of the mindset. Yeah, you go. Journey of the mindset. <laughs> That—that's the most important thing, and that's what I always tell people. Because a, a lot of people have been reaching out to me over the summertime that I, they've been seeing me posting about the runner. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot more mental than it's physical. Yeah. Because I don't know how the experience is for everybody else. I don't know if the experience is for you. It's like I'm always trying to talk myself into mm-hmm. doing. So mm-hmm. I'm taught trying to. 
negotiate and talk with myself into going running. I'm trying to negotiate and talk to my talk myself into lifting weights. Is that normal? You know, I think that sometimes when we we try to talk ourselves into into uh, living a healthier life, uh, it it becomes like pressure on us. Is that I have to wake up in the morning and I have to run, I have to meal prep, I have to be mindful and cognizant of the lifestyle that I live to adapt to being a healthier person and to get into my goals. That just sounds like pressure. Yeah. It just sounds like we're putting so much on ourselves. And something that I realized though is that, uh, we put, I don't know, I can't remember the exact days, but I remember reading somewhere when it takes like it, t- it takes 17 days, something along those lines, to, to get rid of a bad habit. Oh, 20, yeah, I heard it, I heard 21 days to, to make a break a, ha- a, a bad habit or something. Exactly. So if you keep doing things, just for example, if you were to wake up in the morning, right, and you put a dumbbell right next to your bed, you have to get up in the morning, you lift your dumbbell up, it's right there. And now you're, 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 you're causing these like healthier habits, right? Um, you go into the bathroom, you know, you have a jump rope in your bathroom. I'm kidding. You're not jump rope yeah, in the no, bathroom. Listen, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. <laughs> we jump rope in the bathroom. Like. <laughs> I had a trampoline. Believe it or not, I had a trampoline. And I got this from um, Tony Robbins. I had a trampoline like literally outside or like right next to my bed. So when I would get out of the bed, I would jump up and down like three or four times. And it would kind of, and it worked though. Wow. It kind of would wake you up. The problem is, is that I woke up one day and I jumped on a trampoline. And I hit my head on the ceiling. So I was like, this is not going to work anymore for me. <laughs> All right. So uh, do not do the trampoline now that you yeah, got high on ceiling. That's definitely going to fuck up your mindset. <laughs> it definitely will. It definitely will. <laughs> Let me ask you. Yeah. Did you, did you decide to change your, your health because you were, you were pretty much at that place where a doctor was telling you this is what needs to happen? Or was it? I need to do this for myself. I think during that time, uh, I was in a really like dark place, honestly, uh, like mindset wise, uh, there was, I was going through like a really bad breakup. Um, I was in a seven year relationship with somebody who did not want to have kids. Uh, and I was in grad school at the time and I was barely passing grad school. I was going to fail. Uh, everything was just, I always found for me, at that time, uh, a coping mechanism uh, was for me to eat. And I was eating and eating and eating, eating whatever. Like I was going to McDonald's, getting number ones, twos, and threes, all at the same time. Like, you, you didn't see that healthy section nowhere. No, no, I didn't right. pay attention. I did not want those apples. The apple slices was not appealing to me at that time. <laughs> well, you're not was, healthy. You don't have that. I want to be healthy mindset. You don't never see. I never knew McDonald's had a healthy. Yo, bro, menu. none, none, nothing whatsoever. Like diets, <laughs> nothing. It was just crazy. I was just indulging in everything, and yeah. there was just no. There was no structure. There was no. There was. There was no limits. You know, I felt like anything that was in front of me, I can eat, and there was no. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There was no like penalty to what I was eating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and one day I, I think that I failed a test. I had a really bad argument with my girl. Um, I looked in the scale. I was 250, and I was like, "All right." I remember telling my bro, like one of my best friends, we went to the gym that day, and I was like, "If I don't do this now, I'm gonna be like this for the rest of my life." And that was it. You know, I was pushed up against the wall. And I was like, if I don't stop this right now, then I, I, this is where I'm going to be. I'm only going to get bigger. You know, I might fill out of grad school. I uh, was going through whatever I was going in my relationship. I, had, I felt like I had no control of my life. Hmm. Um, and, and, and I said I just needed to stop. And what I initially started with was just forming a structure. So every day in the morning, I would wake up. I would meditate for five minutes. Uh, and then from the meditation, I would go out for a jog. Um, I would go to my class, work, whatever I had in, you know, planned for that day, and I went straight to the gym. Uh, then this was a, something that I, there were days when I would wake up and I, just, I didn't feel like doing it. I knew I had to because this was going to lead to a better me. And sometimes I couldn't even see that better me, but I had to just keep on going and keep on going. So it became a routine. Um, eliminate all of your distractions. Mm. And when you say eliminate all of your distractions, meaning take the distractions out of your house. So if you have cakes, Everything. if you have unhealthy meals in your house, those should not be there. Yeah. That, and I also mean distractions as far as like, I had to get into a darker place to get out of a dark place. That, that, that's deep because... Um, yeah. 
I'm, I'm one to say sometimes that um, sometimes you have to go into the darkness in order to be able to come back out into the light. As yes. crazy as it sounds, I don't want to look at it as a negative reset. And the reason why I, I would say that it can be looked at as a negative reset is because you're putting yourself, you're putting yourself back in this emotional and vulnerable stage that you were in that made you feel like you didn't want to be there. Yeah. And it pushed you out into the light. Yes. So now you get into the light, you're making all of this progress. All of a sudden, you need that reset to remind you, okay, you know what? I remember where I was to get to where I am now. So I'm going through that now. I made all this progress. I was 135 when I started in the beginning of the summer. We're running. Mm-hmm. And now, and, and then I went down to 192. And now I'm back to, I'm sorry, excuse me. I was 235 Ooh. when I first started. I got it down to 192. Uh-huh. And I had a setback. I had a setback. And now I'm at two, um, 218. Mm-hmm. I heard you say that you had to bring yourself into the, back into that. What did that do for you? By you putting yourself back into that dark space. So I had to get into a darker space to get out of my dark space. Meaning that I had to really sit down and evaluate all the demons that I was fighting at that time. And in order to do that, like, you have to get down and dirty and have to, like, really do the work. And you have to fight, you know. So I, I eliminated a lot of distractions. I took anything that would have set me off of my track as far as, you know, my circle. My circle became really small around that time. I really didn't hang out with a lot of people, you know, it, it, and I needed to do that in order for me to get to where I needed to get to. Um, I took away alcohol, anything that would have messed up my mental and, and, and messed up that kind of like um, energy to continue, that, 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 that resilient uh, 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 just motion of trying to get to where I needed to get to and to be strong and to be able to get to my goal. Like that was and there was no distractions. I took every distraction out of my life. None of my friends heard from me. I did the same thing every day for six months. I went to school. I studied. I worked out. I, school. I didn't go out to party. I didn't eat. But I knew that I needed to get out of this like slump. Mm-hmm. You know? But during that time, I was also doing work within myself to get to a better place. You know, I was praying. I was uh, reading uh, self-help books. You know, The Secret, uh, A New Earth, uh, The Power of Now, putting myself in the present moment. Um, I was, uh, you know, going to counseling with my uh, my girlfriend at the time, uh, and it, it, it was just trying to fix all these issues in my life that caused me to eat because that was a coping mechanism at yeah. the time, right? Yeah. You have to fix the main issue yeah. if you're really trying to overall have a better lifestyle, be healthier. Right? We have to evaluate all those things. Like, why am I eating so much? Why I don't care about this? Like, what is the point that I'm in right now? Um, and it, it's, it's just like, it's like a multi-disciplinary uh, modality and certain things that we have to kind of outline within our lives uh, to get to the main point and to, to try to figure out what, why are we doing this? You know, how come I don't care about my health? You know? That's, a, that's an important question, right? As humans, we know that eating certain things are bad. Yeah. A lot of times we wait for something to happen in order to start the action. And what I mean by that is we'll wait for a doctor to tell us that that's the worst thing that could ever happen during a podcast, by the way, is for your alarm to come on. <laughs> I just want to say that. Yo, bro, I was I like, yo. <laughs> it's the worst thing. I don't even know what that alarm was for. Yo, bro, I was like, yo, he's he trying to kick me off already. It's 14 minutes in. It's the worst I thing. Got a lot, I got a lot of stuff to share, man. Come on. <laughs> but... Um, what was I asking? What was I to say? This is why that's the worst thing that could happen because it throws you off. Um, what was I? What was? What was I getting? The point that I was getting to. Um, I believe you were saying something along the lines of like this is, uh, you know, the worst like thing like going like trying to like evaluate like your life and outlining. I'm talking about outlining yeah. uh, everything that's happened and trying to really fight your demons in order to to, to solve the bigger picture and to get to where you need to go to. That's it's, it. it's a bat. Yes. yes. Right, the demon you. fight. I got you. I got you. Fight. See? You're paying attention. The phone cannot defeat me. <laughs> but it's the demons. It's the demons of fighting. It's 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 you saying I want something better. I want to be different. Yeah. A lot of us we know we know the stuff that we're eating it's not healthy for us. You're in the medical field now, right? Yeah. So I, I have it written down here too, okay? Because I didn't memorize. I didn't do my homework the way I was supposed to. I didn't memorize this profession. So it says right here, right? Neurosurgeon nurse, practitioner, 
and emergency room. So you work in neurosurgeon, you work in emergency room, and you work in medicine as well. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. You getting the education, the medical background, and you, 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 you're in the medical field now, what do you see now as far as the neglect from, your, from, from the way we neglect our body? What is it that you, can, that you see now and in information that you can give to us to help us change our mindset? Because like I said before, if we know, we know that some of the things that we're eating is not good for our body, why do we do it? You know, what, I, what I've seen is that um, through my, my experience working in the medical field is that, you know, there are so many things and stresses in life, right? I think one thing is that, you know, eating is not a coping mechanism. You know what I mean? Eating sh- should not be a reward system. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, what is the saying? You know, we, we should uh, live, we should eat to live, not live to eat, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and I think that all of us, you know, I, I think for a lot of us, you know, I, I think it's, like I said before, it's getting down to the main, like, issue, right? Why don't I care about my eating? Why don't I care what I, I put into my body? You know, why am I okay with, you know, putting on these chemicals and these things that can uh, affect my life later and, you know, affect my mental and my physical? Like, how come I don't care? What am I going through that I choose to eat uh, McDonald's over going home and picking or making a better meal, or even going to McDonald's and getting something that's a lot healthier, you know? Um, I think that it's just f- figuring out, like, what's the why? And is there something that I'm not valuing in myself or in my life that is uh, leading me in the wrong direction to being overall healthy? I'm, I'm going to play devil, devil's advocate for you. Play it. Let's play it. Play what the devil's about, advocate. What about the people that would say, well, pe- a lot of people don't eat healthy because they've never been exposed to healthy eating. Are there are people out there that can't afford to eat healthy? What do you say to people that say things like that? Well, I, I think that, you know, there are a lot of resources out there. Um, and, you know, I've actually re- done this myself. I've, you know, during my times of uh, grad school, I had the budget to pay off my, my, my college and stuff like that. You know, I was going out there and I was, I, I would limit myself, this is going to sound crazy, to like $25 for meal preps for the week. Wait a minute, hold on. That's all it cost you to prep your meal for the week. For the week. What were you? What were you prepping? So man, it got it got really crazy sometimes. I was I was going to uh, the sea towns and, and getting like the little like box of like salads, uh, and then on top of that, I was getting like ground turkey. Ground turkey go for like five dollars. Yeah. 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 So I mean, we get a little bit of ground turkey. So I had that. Um, and that was it, man. That, that meal could stretch for so long. It's good. Ground turkey is lean meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have your salad and, you know, I'll cut up some vegetables, frozen broccoli. You get a whole bag for like four or $5. So they're, they're, they're definitely, you know, you can definitely make it happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just think that you have to like be willing to, to try, you know, and be willing to change your life and to live a, a healthier life, you know. And when you meal prep and when you think in advance, there's a lot of, you know, thinking in advance. It was like, what can I afford? You know, what's on sale right now? You know, you, you, everything opens up. And it can be possible. And places like Trader Joe's, you know, not everything there is healthy, but they do have a lot of healthier options. Um, And they do accept, you know, if you are, you know, if you are living in a a low socioeconomic area, you're not making a a lot of money and you are getting benefits, places like Trader Joe's do take EBT and certain things like that. So a lot of people don't know that, you know what I mean? So there is, you know, places or opportunities, but we just have to be willing to learn and not to be, you know, okay with our circumstances and saying, oh, you know, I'm not making that much, I'm going to get McDonald's and things like that. Well, it all starts with us. And what you said was powerful. You have to be willing to learn. A lot of people start their journey, but they don't want to do the work as far as the research about the journey that they're on. So if you're on a health journey, you should be on a health journey, but you should also be researching health. So with, with, with me, when I started my running, I started to research about running. Yes. What is the benefits of running? What is, does, does running versus walking burn more fat? So there's certain things that you have to do when you're working towards your dream, when you're working towards your goal. It's not you just set the goal and you start going towards it. You have to do the research. 50 Cent, I was reading his new book. Um, amazing book, by the way. It was. Yo. It was a very, 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 very amazing book. Um, that treadmill. I mean, him running outside with his friend. Because yeah. after he, wow, it's a phenomenal guy. You, he said two important things in there um, to me. He said the first thing was um, you being disciplined. 
Yeah. And he talks about going out to parties, promotional parties, and people always hand him, trying to hand him a blunt or trying to hand him something to drink. And he doesn't, he doesn't touch none of it. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. Says he doesn't do anything. He's, in, he's really into his um, fitness. And then he went on to talk about his diet being a boring diet. Like people, he'll go out with people, they'll get like some wings and, and stuff like that, but he'll have a chicken wrap. I find it hard to transition because the bigger part, which people I don't know understand, if, if people understand is that the bigger part about being healthy and working out is what you're eating, what yeah. you're consuming. And one of the things that I learned that's very difficult is that transition, that transition over to eating healthier. If you have somebody like me that's been eating a certain type of way for 36 years, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to change my diet. You know, I, I wouldn't say impossible. You know, I, I, think that, I think that's a thing. That's a mindset right there. Mm. You're already telling yourself that it's almost impossible. Mm -hmm. But this is why I said before that it takes one day at a time. Taking off, like, little habits. All right, a lot of people love, love soda. You know what I mean? Like, soda used to be a huge thing for me. Soda is full of a whole bunch of sugar. When you have a lot of sugar, it's difficult for your body to lose the fat. And you have all these other things going on. Um, and there's been a lot of research on what sugar does to the body and how it's not healthy for you. And you can picture sugar as, like, crystal shards going through your bloodstream, right? Mm -hmm. Crystal shards, like glass, pieces of glass going through your bloodstream when your sugar level is at dangerous rates. It can mm. damage your kidney, it can damage your heart, it can damage your brain. High sugar levels. People who are diabetic are at risk for heart attacks, they're at risk for strokes because of that. Because it, does, it damages all your organs. Yeah. If you're knowing that now, are you going to continue to drink a bottle of soda every single day? Right? So you would say to yourself, all right, what are the unhealthy things? And it's planning. What are all the unhealthy things that I'm doing in my life or that I'm consuming? Uh, and how can I do one step the next day in order for me to live a better, healthier life? Mm. Let me cut out, you know, let me start drinking five, you know, bottles of soda a day, which people do. I'm going to have, I'm going to have, you know, three. And, and that's how it starts. You know, it's like a snowball effect, right? These little things that we're changing in our lives that just continue, 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 continue. Uh, leading into that, when I was in grad school, actually, um, I, I, I did a research uh, project on, uh, it, it was a scale called the ACE scale. And what that stands for is Adverse Childhood Events. Mm. Um, and pretty much what that was is it's a it's a, it was a scale that was made uh, sometime around 1995 1997 uh, I think it was uh, organized by the CDC don't quote me um, <laughs> CDC is in a lot of trouble right now. <laughs> yeah word thanks by CDC um, something it was a Kaiser project something along those lines where pretty much what the scale indicated was uh, it was different groups. Um, and categories, and if you answered, each, each one was rated, and if you answered to the higher of the scale, which is a 10, it means that you are more at risk for violence in your life, for substance abuse, uh, for mental illness, and other, other things like that. Um, and it, this scale was just crazy. I think one of the questions in the scale was, um, you know, was the people in front of you uh, verbally uh, abusive? Um, you know, did you uh, have parents who fought in front of you or screamed in front of you? Did you have people in your life, uh, in your immediate family, who had a mental illness or, or did drugs? Um, and, I, and I remember being in grad school and I, and I, was, and I was messing off my, one of my friends and I was like, yo, I was like, what's your score? My friend was like, three. And, 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 and she was like, what's your score? And I was like, my score is nine. Yeah. And the highest score is 10 and my score was nine. So according to the scale... Uh, which is evidence-based research scale, you know, from 1995, 1997, this scale said that I will have more likelihood due to my environment of being more mentally ill, having, you know, having sometime during my life issues with substance abuse and living a more pretty much overall unhealthy lifestyle. Mm. What do you think about that? I, I've always been intrigued with the way questions are put together to get answers about one's life. Um, I, I would be very interested in taking that, 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 that test. Um, I find the test intriguing. I believe in it a hundred percent. My only concern is, is the action that's taken after people get their results. Okay. Um, I can see like someone like myself, right? 
I'll, I'll, I'll look at the test and like, let's say that, um, you know, something comes up where I'm the type of person that's more susceptible to being an alcoholic. Okay. I'm the type of person that will become obsessed with that to be, to, to, and, and when I say obsessed, determined to make sure that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You'll have some people that'll be like, okay, it's a good, it's, it's good to see this. It's good to know, but they won't pay much mind to it. So those are pretty much like my reservations with the test. I, I think it's a great test. I think that people, if they really want to know where they are or what can possibly be an outcome to their future, I think that it's something that's great for people to, um, to do. But if you're, if you're not, if you're not going to do it to make a change or if you're not going to do it to be ahead of the game, I don't know. I don't know how, how, how I feel about it. I, I, I am very much interested in taking that test because, um, you know, just to see pretty much where I am, things that I've been through in my life. Um, there's, there's a thing that I, that, that I say to me and my friends say, um, it's either life is happening to you or because of you, you know, and I think that that, that, say that again, that, that is was, either uh, life is happening to you or because of you, Yeah. you know, um, a lot of us walk through these storms and we're the cause of it, you know, um, we'll create things. We'll stay in relationships longer than we know that we, that we should, we shouldn't be there. We should just move on. Jeez, seven years later. I can yeah. tell you that. <laughs> and, and, and I'm happy too, that you, you brought that up and you, you're, 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 you're being vulnerable about talking about relationships because, um, I don't think that a lot of people know how much a relationship or a bad relationship really affects men. I know that we have this persona sometimes where, um, we have to show that we're macho and things don't bother us, but you being connected to somebody really loving them and wanting to be with them, that can mess up your whole world when that relationship shattered. You know, like when you, like when you said, like you were in a seven-year relationship with somebody that you really cared about and when a relationship didn't pan out the way you wanted it to pan out the end, it was a lot. Like, you know, you started eating a lot more, you started to gain weight, your health started to deteriorate, but you didn't, you didn't buffer in it forever. Yeah. You know, you came to that point, that realization. You, yeah. you really can't, man. Like, you, you got to find your, your light. You got to find your way out. You can't. You got to find you. I think in those long-term relationships, like how, how to find you? Yes, that's a really good question. Stay tuned to the next episode. I'm kidding. <laughs> part two. Stay, stay tuned. Part two. Let me figure out the how. Nah, um, how? I, like I said, I, it's doing the work. You know what I mean? It's, it's. I think it's getting out of that box, right? I think in life we're all stuck in this like bubble. And I remember we were discussing this like you know off camera. Off camera, uh, <laughs> for the bonus scene. Yes, uh, whatever. But you know, I, I just think that every man, is, or any person, not even a man, it's like this is bubble that we're all in, right? You wake up, you know, you go to work, you know, you're in a relationship, you, you see a woman. Uh, it's the same thing, constant circle, every single day. And what does that, what does that breathe? That that breathes like comfortability, right? We get into this comfortable state. Uh, and, and some people are really happy, happy in that state. And some people are really not happy in that state. Yeah. So let's talk about the people who are not happy. Do we keep living in that state? Do we keep repeating that cycle? Or do we poke a hole in that bubble and let a little bit of air in? All right? So we can think a little bit better. Yeah. All right? Yeah. I think that's why. There was a point where uh, a big part of my life and uh, in, in my relation, in my past relationship uh, of, of seven years, I was 21 years old when I got into it, um, uh, I was very reckless. Uh, most of us are, right? I was like 19, 20 years old. I met this old man that I was working with. And this old guy was like, he told me, you know, he scared the living shit out of me, to be honest. He told me the story about his uh, brother. He was like, my brother, you remind me of him. He was this young guy. And he was, you know, talking to all this woman and doing this. I was 19 years old, 20 years old at this time. And he was like, now he's 40 years old and he's single and he has nobody and he's doing the same thing. And I was like, damn, I got to lock something down now. He's like, he, can, he could never match the commitment. So I met a woman, and I thought this was the person I was going to be. I had had a mindset of, like, this is the person, no matter what, if it works or not, is going to be with for the rest of my life. Because I do not want to be that 40-year-old man who's like, oh, my gosh, I'm by myself. Yeah. Um, and that, that really scared me. And, but at the same time, I was, I was so young, and I had no guidance. I didn't really have a father in my life to, or anybody at that time to really tell me or know you know, figure of a mom and dad to be like, oh, wow, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's what most black men go through. And it's kind of a journey that we have to, like, figure out on our own. Yeah. And I got into a relationship at first seemed really, um, it, was, it was healthy, what I thought. But I realized that I wasn't growing into me. And I was growing into somebody who, I was growing into somebody who someone wanted me to be. Mm. Mm. Um, Say that again, man. 
<laughs> I said, I said, I said. <laughs> that was powerful. That was powerful. I said I was, I was, I wasn't growing in to me the person I needed to be. But I realized that as I got older, I started making more money. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> I was growing into somebody, somebody else wanted me to be. Hmm. Um, you lost yourself. I lost myself, like, completely, completely. We tend to do that when we're chasing other people. Yeah, man. I don't really think it was just chasing other people, but I think it was just something that you are in that bubble, you know? Yeah. And let me tell you, when I took that needle and I started popping those holes in this bubble, man, I started to see life in all different life. And I know that she, he felt that. And it, it was just a whole different uh, beginning, yeah. Uh, you know, new era uh, to my life, and I'm just like, wow, sky's the limit. Right now, I'm at the point because I'm keep poking holes in my bubble. I feel like there's nothing that I cannot do. Mm. Like there's nothing that can stop me. There's no person I can't talk to. There's no career that I can't chase. There's just nothing that I. I there's nothing that 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 I feel like that I can't accomplish. You, you, this is this is why I love doing journey of the mindset because. I love to hear things like that. I love to hear, you know what, this is where I was, but this is where I am now. Yeah. And that's the great part of somebody's journey is that you just don't just take what life is giving. You fight for your life, you move on, and then you start to thrive. You've accomplished a lot. You've accomplished a lot. What would you say the hardest part of your life was? Wow, hardest part of my life. Um... And I know we spoke, and I remember a lot pretty much now because now that we're talking, I remember a lot about what we spoke about the last time we seen each other. Yeah. And it's coming back to me. You know, I, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they have the uh, perception that I've, like, been, like, this privileged person, and I had, like, everything given to me, and I didn't have obstacles you know i think when people first meet me they're like oh wow like this guy has come from a good family and i came from a supportive family you know i, I had you know more than what most people had but i didn't have everything you know um i think something that with me is remember going back to the a scale my a scale was nine so a lot of these things in the scales that witness having somebody in my life who's an alcoholic, you know, being exposed to uh, people in my family who, you know, were doing drugs and seeing that with my own eyes as a little child, we have to think about how our environment shapes us. Uh, and you know, having mental illness, you know, I had people in, in my immediate family I had to see every day who was going through mental illness, you know, like schizophrenia, depression. Like this was my environment as a little child. I was seeing everything that most people are not exposed to at that young age. Um, and I, I think it was just that, you know, I, I didn't come from a household where people were, were educated. You know, I came from a household of immigrants. You know, everybody, my mom had like three, four jobs. Everyone was, it was eight of us in a crib all trying to put money together to make our rent and pay for our bills. Yeah. Um, you know, which is a different dynamic. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's, it was a lot for me to witness as a child. But I, I did terrible in high school. I didn't care. All I cared about high school was being cool, having yeah. the newest kicks and whatnot, and just doing whatever. You know, I think the big tangent point of my life was when, you know, my mom came home one day and her job was giving her so much issues and so much problems. And like she was in, like, on the sofa crying. And I came back from, a, and I was out one day and I was just out. I was out. I came back all kind of messed up. Whatever I was doing that night, yeah. I was all messed up. And to see my mom like that, I was like, yo, like, she works too hard for me not to be anything. Way too hard. You know what I mean? I watch my mom bust her ass every single day, day and night. And for me to not make it and make her happy, and not just for her, but for me too, yeah. in order for me to help her and make a difference between my family, it only takes one person to break that whole chain. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And I wanted to be that person, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and it was funny because my niece... Uh, which means so much to me. Another reason, everybody has to have a why, right? We all have to have a why in these moments to build resiliency because if you don't have your why, you don't know what you're working hard for. And I remember I wanted to be the person in my family to break this chain, right? We come from a hardworking family. Unfortunately, people didn't have the opportunity to go to college and finish successfully. And I, I wanted to be that person. I drove and I pushed myself to be that person. Uh, and and I, it was funny because I took my niece 
uh, when she was like four years old to college. Yeah. Like I would be sitting down with her and I'd be doing my essays and she'd be playing computer games. And I'm like, this is college. I'm like, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, if you want to get out this house, uh-huh. you have to pass this. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make something for yourself. This is college. Um, and, and now I think she's in the seventh grade. I'm sorry, Alex, if I can't remember what grade you're in. <laughs> uh, but seventh grade and she's excelling. And you know what nice. she told me one day? Nice. One day she was like, she was like, uncle, I remember when you, uh, uh, you took me uh, to college. And she was like, I'm going to go to college mm. and I'm going to do big things. Cause mm. you know, so I remember that. And I was like, wow, she's killing it now. Honor roll, yeah. everything. My girl's killing it. You're killing it, girl. It's, 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 it's important. You're the first person in your family Yeah. graduate. Yeah. Uh, me too. Yeah. First so person. You know, in you my know about that. You yes. know how I feel, right? My, like, my niece actually sent me a text message three days ago telling me how proud it is she's, that she is of me and that I'm going to You just got your master's degree. Yeah, just got your master's degree. Yes, yes. Wow. It's something that I never, you know, no, people, some people that know my, if you don't know my story, go to season one, episode one. And you'll be able to hear my story. Amazing but story. school was, was very, very difficult for me. Um, I never in my wildest dreams thought I was going to get a master's degree. Never. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, it was hard work. Um, and the hardest part of the work wasn't the work. It was me believing. Believing that I was going to be at the finish line. And I was actually going to pass and get my degree. Um, when, I, when I signed that application and I agreed to go to the school, I didn't believe I was going to... Um, pass it in a year. I was like, seven classes in one semester and doing this in a year? There's no possible way. But it's done. It's done. First person in my family to get a master's degree. First person in my family, period, to get a, um, a college degree. My niece, three days ago, sends me a text message telling me that she's proud of me, that she loves me. She's in college now. Wow. And that um, she's watching everything. This is what she said. I'm watching everything that you're doing. And it's, inspi- and it's inspiring. So, and, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think as black men, mm-hmm. right? Um, do you think that it, it's that much more difficult for us to obtain a higher education? Or do you think that's just like, it's, it's, it's rumor, it's talk, it's what people say, we shouldn't listen to it, it's not real? It's funny you say, you ask that question. Because now you're here. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that there's a narrative out there that has been written. Okay. That has truth to it, but it's not fully true. I believe that if you tell a community that everything is against you, what does that do? How does that affect the community that thinks that everything is against them? You think about it, right? If somebody, if your mom from day one keeps telling you that um, you can't go to college, you can't go to college, you can't go to college. When you graduate high school, what are you not going to do? You're not going to graduate college because it's something that's been told, told you. So if you're telling me as a community that everything is going to be extra, extra, extra harder for me, some people will be like, you know what? I'm not going to go out there and try. Like this, if it's going to be 10 times harder than me, or if it's not going to be fair to me because of my, the color of my skin, why try? Why go through that? So I do see the design as far as holding us back from one further in our education and being more successful. I do see the glass ceiling there. But I, I try not to pay attention to the nar- narratives because I personally look at myself as a, um, uh, uh, a divide breaker. Like if you put a wall in front of me, I'm going to knock it down. You yeah. can tell me what you're telling me. And no matter what, I'll take you to it. I'll, I'll take it into consideration. But let me prove you wrong. Facts do show that things are harder for us. But I believe that we have the power to turn all of that around. Yeah. If we can, one, learn how to communicate with each other as brothers, spread the wealth. Because in our community, there's this thing where... We don't like to share with each other. Nah, so, bro, I hate that. If I'm winning, you need to win too. We that, gotta and that's all the way win. I look at it. That, that you can't, I can't sit here and have this information and not call you up and be like, this is what I have. Because yeah. I was going to tell you too, as soon after we finish this, I'm on Zoom calls on um, Saturday mornings and I would love for you to, um, for you to get on. And I'll send you the, um, the, the Zoom information. But it's a great platform, one, to connect, two, to just hear people's different ideas to open up your mind. And I feel like if we can come to this, if we can build like this community amongst us brothers where we can communicate effectively, Wakanda, effectively, without the violence, (laughs) without the killing, without the back and forth, I came to this conclusion and almost made me cry over there. Do you know how many brothers are sitting in jail right now? It's funny we're talking about jail and you can hear that. In the background. <laughs> yeah, you know keep that. I mean? Yeah, don't edit that part out. No, yeah, I'm definitely keep not. Yeah, keep that. That's... You know how many brothers are sitting in jail right now because they got emotional because of a throat noise? 
Meaning, because I told you I said something you ain't like, so you had to take my life and now you sitting in jail for the rest of your life? You're not, you didn't just shoot me and kill me because I punched you in your face. You, 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 shoot, you shot me and killed me because I messed up the money or because I, t- I said something disrespectful to you. So you took my life and you took your life. And you took your life away from your kid's life because now they can't enjoy you the way you want to. You know, I think, I think that also stems from this, like, a level of, like, oppression that society has placed on us and that it has organized against us as black men. But acknowledging that, mm-hmm. being aware of that, but how we fight that is not accepting that. But when you say society, because this is where... When you say who, what, what is society? What, like, I, I think I think all of all of yeah, I think about what, what we've been through as yeah. as black men or just as black people of everything going on right now. They took us from our country and they put us here and to, to make us work. And you know, they, they tell us that we're free, but we can't own land and all this other stuff that has happened that we had to go against. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like how uh, back in the nineties during the uh, the the Bill Clinton administration and all that and everything that underwent. You know what I mean? Like what is it the, the Two three strikes. Uh, uh, the the oh yeah the the, the two fifth, the three fifths of a man or the the, the strike law. The strike law. Oh, the strike, yeah, 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 like that put a lot yeah. of us in jail. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Like crazy. You know what I mean? Like and, and this, these are all the things. And, and you know what? That's what I mean by society. Yeah. You know, certain stuff like that. It's just like it. It doesn't really help us get out of what we're in. So here's and, and it, you know what I mean. And, but I think that we have to acknowledge that. Yep. We can't be stupid about it. We can't mm-hmm. say this stuff doesn't exist because mm-hmm. um, we see it every day. We're in it every day. Um, we have to be aware of it, but not accept it, right? Because I think when we accept it, now that's when we fall into what they want us to fall into. That's that's the point that I'm trying to make. I can I I don't I can with with my life being the way my life has. Yeah. With the odds being against me, me being thrown in that design because I was put in first grade in special education. I didn't get out of special ed until I was in 12th grade. When you're in special education, you learn slower. So what did they think that was going to do to me when I graduated elementary school, in tw- um, when I graduated high school in 12th grade, if I learned at a slower level? When I graduated high school, I was on a third grade reading and writing level. Wow. Where was I going? Where was I going? Yeah. So with that said, I just want to say, like, I, 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 you have to acknowledge it. But I don't think that we have to accept it. No. Because I feel like we are a very, very powerful race. I feel like we're, we're, elite, we're the leading race. If you look at different cultures out there, they all kind of take from us. Yeah. They all take from us. And there's a lot of what we've created. in Radio, uh, the traffic, like that, that's all us. That's all us. And we need to understand our power. We need to understand what we've created. We need to understand our legacy. And once we get to that point where we're able to understand, we can start having the conversations with each other. Not having the conversations with everybody else in the race. We have to start with us first. Have the conversations with us first, and then we bring it out there. Because it's the same thing with the protests. I went down to Washington, D.C., and I went to um, protest. Oh, you went? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went down there and watched. It was a great great experience. But here's the thing. When I'm talking to people, everybody was down there protesting for a different reason. You had people down there protesting Black Lives Matter, uh, police uh, reform. You had people that was just down there protesting just because they wanted free stuff, so they wanted to break looting thing. But everybody wasn't saying the same thing. We have to say the same thing. We're protesting for, boom, this. We want change. Okay, we want change. We want changes where? And we need to be organized, structured, and it needs to be consistent. Do you know the Million Man March happens every single year, but we don't hear about it? Why is that? That's that's, that's fucking crazy. I have no clue. Why don't we hear that? Like, that is... Martin Luther King's son did a speech the same place. Obviously not the same day, but the same day in the year that Martin Luther King did a few years ago. Mm -hmm. That's something that's big. Yeah. It should have been on all channels, just like the debate is on. These are things that we need to get recognized for. These are things as a, as, as, a, as a race, as brothers. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to talk about um, uh, black women. I think black women is the backbone, plain and simple. I love them. That's of course. It. Of course. But definitely. us, we black have women, to start taking accountability. I was talking to one of, my, one of my good friends, and she's a phenomenal black woman. And she knows who Zach, she knows I'm talking about her. You know, you know. Um, I, I, I know too. <laughs> and and we, had, we had a discussion uh, the other day uh, when she came back, uh, when she visited here from Cali. Um, and she was saying that 
the man is the brain, right? Is the, the man is the head, yeah. and, and, and the woman, the black woman is the neck. Let's leave it at that. That's, to me, that, I didn't understand it at the time, but that is so powerful. The, the, the black man is the head, and the black woman is the neck. Yes. If we don't have a neck, our head cannot be on our Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And that's powerful within itself. But it is. It, and, but you know what? We need to recognize that. We do. Because we need to stop with the bees, the, the holes. Um, if, a, if, a, if, a, if our sisters aren't conducting ourselves, conducting themselves in a pro- we should be able to go over there and be like, come on, sister, you know, have a little bit. And the same thing, vice versa. Because yeah. we'd be out there, you know... I, I, I would never want to be another race. I love my skin color. I love me. I love my blackness. I love it. I love it. We have so much power and I just wish and I pray that one day we could just communicate with each other. Stop the killing. It hurts me to be out there protesting because police are killing us. And then the next day, a nine-year-old, a six-year-old gets killed on the street from a straight bullet. We, that has to stop, man, because it's like, what is that saying to other races? If we're out here doing it to each other, well, somebody told me one time, well, white people kill white people too. It's who you are around the most. Yeah, that I, hate, I hate, I hate hearing Yo, that's shit. not, that's not a true, that's not true. Well, the, the true fact is this, is we need to stop killing each other. At the end of the day, we are one human race. I always say this, and it's, and it's, it's outlandish in a sense. If aliens came down here and wanted to take over the world, what are we going to do as a human race? We're going to fight for our world. As a human race together. Because guess what? If we can't do it together, we're going to be invaded. Word. So, like... All of us abducted. Exactly. Period. There's something that we do here on Journey of the Mindset. And what I want to do is I want to step away from the camera. I want to step away from the mic. And I want to give you 60 seconds, one-on-one, with the listeners and the viewers of Journey of the Mindset. And whatever touches your heart, whatever God puts on your mind, I want you to share it with them. So I'm going to step out of the camera. I'm going to step out of the, the I'm going I'm, I'm to cut my mic off and I'm going to give you 60, 60 seconds with my viewers, with the fans, with the followers. And I just want you to just pour out what's in your heart and what God put on your mind and give them that, 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 that love. Give them that wisdom. All right. Let me know when the 60 seconds start. I'll let you know. It's starting right now. It starts right now. Right now. Uh, so I think that the, what I've been saying this whole time is... Uh, there is this bubble that we're all in, uh, and and we have to be comfortable with just popping that bubble, and getting outside of our comfort zones and and challenging ourselves because, I, that's what life is, right? I don't know if you guys heard before is that when you when you stop dreaming, you stop living, and we have to keep our dreams alive no matter what it is, no matter how old we are, and we have to also be able to check ourselves and be self-aware of how we feel and and how we get to those dreams because that's important as well. Uh, and, and, and make sure we have a circle that is able to support our dreams and to keep that mindset going. Uh, be aware of your ego. Um, the ego is very important. I've read several books on that. One, a good one is A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. To Tolle. Um, and and where, just, just being aware of that and who you are in, in the present moment and what are your obstacles. And that I'm going to end on this note, that your thoughts that you have every single day is not who you are. Right, we can have these thoughts that we live that we can't do this, that we can't do that, and that we've had through our environments, but that doesn't shape who you actually are. Um, this might leave you thinking, but you are who you are, and I'm gonna leave it at that. Journey of the mind, <laughs> journey of the mindset. Well, family, I, 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 I hope that you guys got some really good information from this um, podcast. I want to thank you, one, for opening up your house. Um, to me, this is a beautiful apartment. Thank I'm just going to tell you right now. I, if you guys seen it, you just fall in love with it. I don't even want to leave. It's a beautiful apartment. Um, I just want to say thank you for, for, for being on the, um, the podcast. I'm pretty sure that we're going to be getting a lot of DMs, so I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing this again. Yeah, but I'm down. Thank you. I want to thank you because, like I said before, our first conversation, this is not for the cameras, the mics, anything. I just want to, our conversation, listening to your story, you, you gave me hope. You gave me hope that things can change. When you show me the picture and then I see how you look, I'm like, I'll post, make sure you put that so they can oh, see yes. that. Put a clip of I'm, that. I'm going to send you it. If, you, if you're <laughs> listening to this um, podcast or any of the podcast stations, I would suggest that you go onto YouTube, 143 Speaks. Check the visual out to this podcast. I'm definitely going to put a picture out. I'm going to have him send me a picture of how he used to look to compare to how he is now. 
you are a phenomenal brother. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm definitely looking forward to our relationship that we're going to definitely build. I'm not going to disappear on you again because I know the last time we spoke, it was like we haven't spoke for a while. But definitely, um, I'm willing to put in that work. So we were talking a little bit about him helping me out with my exercise and my health and eating right. And I'm, I'm telling you, and with my listeners ready? listening, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, about to, I'm, about I'm ready. Be, I'm about to go Goggins on you, I'm man. ready. I'm about to, oh, your, I'm about to go Goggins on you. Did you read his book? You I can't did. hurt me? I did. That's, re, get that book. If you are on a journey of health, <laughs> my, David Goggins, you can't hurt me. I'm about me. to wake you up at 3 o'clock That's in the morning. Exactly. You're going to run in the snow. Yo, he is out of control. Yo, he is out of that control. That mental callus. I just wanted out to say control. one more thing is that, you know, our reality is not a reality. And I keep saying these things that make you think, but that's what this whole thing is about. Yeah. It's about pushing our mental and about pushing ourselves to, to think past our capacity. I grew up in, you know, this immigrant home with eight people in it. You know, we were living in the projects in Queens. Um, and I didn't really see much. I didn't have a vision of what was going to happen. Um, and, you know, my, they worked their butt off and they got us to Long Island to a suburban neighborhood. I had a beautiful school system, but I wasn't engaged in whatever was going on in my life. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to just live this life. Um, there were certain situations uh, and climactic moments in my life that changed uh, everything for me uh, and that we discussed earlier. Um, and now it's just so crazy, right? I look back and, you know, I live in Long Island City. Um, I work on the Upper East Side of Manhattan in one of the most prestigious hospitals. Uh, so pretty much what I'm trying to end it off with is that, like, we have to get past that mental block and that ceiling that we have in our minds. Because years ago, I did not know I'll be able to, to be where I'm at today. So just keep pushing, you know what I mean? Keep your dreams strong and keep challenging yourself. Powerful. Powerful. Well, thank you for coming on to Journey of the Mindset. Definitely looking forward to a second one because I'm, I'm hoping that you would definitely be on here. And I want to make this promise to you that by summertime, I will. Summer 2021. 2021. I will have a six-pack. Got you. And I got you. I got you, brother. And it won't I be, got you. And it won't be a six-pack of beer either. It's going to be a six-pack. <laughs> Until next time, world family, if you fall, look up. Make, yeah, I got to wake up. <laughs> Okay, you know what? I told somebody that not too long ago, wake up, and they kind of got offended. But we're fine. I just want to tell you, listen, open your eyes. Look at your life. Analyze it. If you're having that uncomfortable feeling inside of you and you don't feel like life is where it's supposed to be, then life is not where it's supposed to be. Work hard to live your dream. Until next time, world family, if you fall, make sure you land on your back so you can look back in the direction that you should be going in. Les Brown said that, and I'm a firm believer. Until next time, peace. Peace. Who's got the guts to pass? Who's taking this to class? Ain't no time left. Welcome to the journey of the mindset.